Welcome to the La Dolce Vita Show, a woman's guide to living a fearless and fabulous life. My name is Heather Pickin, and I am here to give you that winning formula so that you can get clear on your vision, stay true to your values, and break through those mental walls. Check out my free resources at heatherpickin.com. This podcast is brought to you by Fierce Femme Wine, a woman's wine that inspires dialogue for change. Visit fiercefemme.com. So let's get ready as we uncover the formula to your success in business, career, and fabulous life. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the La Dolce Vita Show, a woman's guide to living a fearless and fabulous life. And I break it down. I'm your fearless and fabulous host, Heather Picken, where we, we look at the formula, whether we're talking about business, or we're talking about empowering other areas of your life. There actually is a success formula, and when you follow it, what happens if we're talking about your business, because that's what we're doing today, uh, everything opens up. You know, it's like the, the sky parts, the clouds part, and you're clear on what you need to do. And so I brought on my guest today, uh, Sophia Sunwoo, and she is the founder of Ascent Strategy. It's a consulting firm that helps entrepreneurs move from DIY startup building and create a more grown-up, polished version of their startup uh, that's poised for success. So, Sophia, thank you so much for being my guest today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Heather. I appreciate it. So, before we dive into today's topic, uh, you know, really talking about moving away from the mistakes, the, the things that a lot of uh, female entrepreneurs are probably doing in order to go to the next level of their business. Uh, let's talk about your journey and, and how you started this business, because I know it probably was not a linear journey. Absolutely. So uh, the reason and kind of to backtrack, like how I ended up working with startups is because I've actually been an entrepreneur my whole life. Uh, so I started my first company when I was 19. Uh, it was completely an accident. My college roommate and I, we loved going to rock concerts when we were younger. And we actually found that a lot of these rock concerts had baggy band t-shirts that were not fit for women, looked horrible on us. So we wanted to start a clothing company where we could basically create clothing that looks good on us and also so that we could get free clothing. <laughs> so uh, we did that and I guess it just really struck a chord with people. It was really a huge need that people were looking to get filled. And we, after a year of doing it, we ended up in 250 retailers. We had Miley Cyrus wear our clothing and People Magazine and it just kind of really just blew up beyond our wildest dreams uh, and we just learned so much and it was such an incredible experience and that was kind of where I got my feet with with entrepreneurship and so we ended up actually selling the company after about two years and it was because my co-founder and I realized we just really wanted to do different things you know she wanted to go into artist management I wanted to really explore how do I do good in the world while also having a business? So um, I actually ended up uh, finding a clean water nonprofit uh, with a different co-founder. So like totally nonlinear, just like 
totally like a random trajectory from where I started. Um, but that was an incredible, challenging, beautiful experience. I ended up doing that for six and a half years. Uh, worked out of West Africa and India. And basically what we were doing is that uh, about a third of the water projects that people donate to charities to like, you know, bring clean water to this community, like things like that. A lot of those charities actually, those projects break after two to five years. So our organization actually worked on fixing those broken water projects. Did that for six and a half years, learned so, so much. Uh, but I was actually really, really burnt out at the end of that. And I was looking for a place of how do I continue doing what I love, which is building startups, but do it from a place where uh, I can help multiple people at the same time. I really love building things from scratch and I kind of wanted to focus in that sphere rather than going from the beginning of starting something new and going through that whole process again. So I wanted to live in the space of creation. So that's why I started my consulting company, Ascend Strategy, uh, to completely focus on that. And I work with a bunch of different entrepreneurs from different industries. And it's just been so much fun to help uh, people when they're, you know, in this beginning stage of trying to figure out how do I build this dream that I've had in my head for so long and make it a reality. And it's, uh, I'm the person that helps them with that. And it's just been really, really fun and wonderful. And that's kind of how I ended up where I am today. I love that story, you know, because uh, I, I like breaking and dissecting the formula so that other women could maybe see a glimpse of what's going on in their business, especially if it's not working right. So here you were, you know, just kind of going through the motions or you're taking on these, these challenges and then you felt burnt out. So the question is, and I like how you did ask yourself that empowering question, like, what can I do? to and then insert what you want. What was that time period that it took you from burnt out to creating a business that you feel so inspired by? Yeah, it was, I think what really worked and helped me was reflection, just taking the space to reflect and kind of running through like those past six and a half years and gaining an understanding and perspective of why it was I got so burnt out. And I realized that the biggest thing was that I try to do everything myself. I think that, you know, when you're starting your own business, it's your baby. You don't want anyone to mess it up except you. <laughs> so uh, you spend so much time doing everything when actually you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot by uh, not allowing yourself to sit in your zone of genius, whether it's sales or sh being passionate and sharing your story. Like that should be your focus rather than doing social media, accounting, operations, like what, like that should not, that, that was what I realized was that that was such a huge uh, culprit of my being worn out, being burnt out. Uh, so that reflection was really, really important to me, which was why, uh, you know, I kind of had that focus and that reflection be the next like pivot point for when I started my own consulting company, like, let me make sure that every entrepreneur I speak to from now on understands that and realizes that this is your big monster in this corner that is going to mess everything up for you. And like, let's talk about how to get yourself, tear yourself away from that so that you can really focus on your zone of genius and really take um, the startup that you're thinking of and take it to the next level and really make it something incredible. 
Mm, I love that. And going back to your story, so when you were feeling burnt out, um, was there a breaking down moment? Because I know for a lot of women that go through that uh, period where they're just kind of oscillating before their next big leap, there is that moment. Can, can you remember? Can you recall that time? Like, where were you? What were you doing? Yeah, I mean, I think that that whole time period was just like, a shipwreck, right? It was so many things. But I think that uh, in addition to kind of uh, realizing that I did so many things wrong, and also just like the dependency aspect, like my past two startups always had a co-founder. It was me and always someone else. And I arrived at this crossroads where it was kind of like, I don't want to work with anyone else anymore. I want to work by myself. What does that look like? And oh my goodness, that's so scary. Uh, Why am I so scared of going, taking this next step and doing that. So, um, the, that whole moment was, uh, I feel like it was just a crashing of like multiple moments. If that makes sense, I can't pinpoint like one big thing, but I think that it was really just, a coming home moment of, wow, like this is what I've been doing for the past couple of years. And in those years, I never took the time to pause and think and reflect. And the moment that I did that, it kind of came all in as like a huge surge of like different waves. And it just, uh, it was very like cleansing in that way. Mm. Uh, but also like, uh, yeah, just like very, very scary. Like, oh my goodness, how did I hide this from myself for so many years? And it's all like coming up to swell, like all at once. <laughs> I think a lot of women do that because Absolutely. they're so afraid to break through that fear. And that's a lot of the work that I do is helping women to really step into a bigger vision so that they can take action. They can align themselves to the right people and resources. So how did you specifically, uh, you know, after your, you got clear on your vision, you're like, this is what I want to do. How did you break through the fear to take that first step? So I'm a huge advocate for getting outside help. I think that that was like another realization for me was that uh, I think that no matter how good you are at X, Y, and Z, uh, solving X, Y, and Z challenges, at the end of the day, you have a bias. Uh, You're not able to see clearly when uh, you're trying to figure out like what is my personal mental block that I'm dealing with and how do I overcome that it's really really hard I personally am not capable of doing it and I don't uh find it interesting or worth my time to do it myself and for me it's been incredibly valuable for me to hire a coach and have them kind of be my support team you know being an entrepreneur working by yourself that's really really hard and it's really not fair to yourself to have kind of these voices in your head that, you know, we all have self-doubt, we all have imposter syndrome. And the more that we uh, keep that to ourselves and not talk to someone about it or have them help us navigate out of it, it just gets worse. So, you know, that for me was the biggest help. And to this day is what helps me take next steps, get to the next level and find my way. Mm, I, I love that. I'm glad that you mentioned getting a help, you know, getting help, getting a coach or a mentor to invest in yourself to accelerate the rate in which you are going to the next level of your business, hence birthing this idea, your business that you have right now, that women need to invest in themselves, that you can't always see your blind spots. 
Yeah, absolutely. I cannot agree with more. And I think that a lot of people uh, have trouble asking for help. And uh, I hope that like the more that we talk about it and the more that all of us share that look, like it's really okay to ask for help. And every high performer you know on this planet has help. They have coaches, they have people that help them on X, Y, and Z consulting thing. Uh, it's, if you are able to solve your own problems, you would have solved it by now. Uh, that's the simple truth. And that's kind of how I always look at it when it comes to uh, being okay with help and being like super receptive and open to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Being coachable and uh, know that investing in yourself is going to pay off uh, dividends. So I completely agree. And I appreciate you sharing uh, your story because your story is so important for other women to kind of say, okay, I'm stuck. Uh, maybe I need help. Maybe I need to get a coach or invest in my business. So let's go, uh, actually, let's shift gears and, and talk about uh, some of the biggest mistakes that you find uh, women are making in their business if, they, if they're just starting out. I mean, I have, gosh, I've been in business for over 15 years now. So I made uh, many, I don't want to see mistakes because you always learn from them, but we also want to shorten the learning curve. So when we look at uh, the landscape right now, because, you know, things have changed very quickly, what do you find like maybe the top three to five things that uh, women, women entrepreneurs are not doing or, or doing? They're making mistakes. Let's start with the mistakes first. Yeah. Uh, so I think the first mistake is, again, like trying to do everything yourself. Uh, one big lesson that was really big for me in 2018 was you can make more money, but you can't make more time. Uh, time for some reason doesn't, uh, doesn't communicate in people's head that it's very, it's limited. You can't get more of it. It's done once you've spent it. Whereas money, you can always make more of it, but it's because of how our society is structured money is seen as such a limited thing that's there's not enough of uh so the thinking is kind of backwards on that right so when it comes to diy startup building so many people do it where they think that like because time doesn't have a clear currency to it that they can't see in, in their bank account that it doesn't matter which is very very untrue right like if you spend eight hour days on social media and answering emails that compounds to absolutely nothing <laughs> okay yeah. so if you but if you spend those eight hours or even just like half of that on sales moving your business forward after a year of that that's going to compound to something huge uh, so that's one big thing that I don't see enough people paying attention to be just because uh, the things such as answering emails doing social media doing your accounting it's easy like you sit in front of your computer, you type, type, type. It's really hard to pick up the phone, call up an investor to go out and make some sales. It's scary too, because there's that element of being rejected that's tied into those like moves that you make to grow your business. So people are super scared to move on that. Uh, so I see that as the biggest thing that everyone does. Second thing that I think everyone, uh, including myself, like anyone, is just being visible. Like I think that it's hard for a lot of women to uh, be comfortable with being visible and uh, sharing that they can help someone because they see it as 
oh my goodness, someone's going to judge me and think that I'm being so self-centered and that like, I like being in front of the camera and just like talking about myself, blah, blah, blah. They see it from that perspective rather than seeing it as, wow, if I put myself out there and share my story, people are going to really uh, benefit from it because they might, this whole time, they might have not realized that someone connects, ha, is experiencing the same thing as they are. And if you're able to share your story and connect with one person and make them feel like they're not alone anymore, like what a gift. But because of uh, this idea of like being in front of a camera and sharing and being very visible is so scary because like you're so concerned with what people are going to think about you. It kind of dominates rather than looking at it from the flip side of like, wow, like I'm being, I'm serving, like I'm helping so many people right now. Uh, so yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I, I see it in everyone. Uh, that's in all of my uh, customers that are female. That's always the biggest thing that comes up for people. Uh, and I hope that um, people will kind of see it differently after what I just explained, because I think it's a, it's kind of like the big obstacle that yeah. stops a lot of people from moving forward. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And as you're talking about, let's just say, going on video, sharing your story, uh, I always say, you know, expect people not to like you because if you can't be yourself, then, you know, what, what can you be, right? You're, you're not always going to resonate with everyone, but you will resonate with the people that uh, are most in alignment with, with your work. And I, I think just having a balanced perception around that uh, it, you know, it is good. I always say expect rejection, especially if you're on a sales call, expect the rejection because then right. it's easier for you to pick up the phone with that next person. And then maybe they say yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You're absolutely right. So we talked about some of the mistakes, you know, not trying to do everything yourself, putting your team together, which I totally agree, being vulnerable, sharing your story. Uh, what about some tips and strategies that uh, women can use right now, even if they're uh, advanced in their business? Yeah, I actually highly recommend auditing your time. I think that that is shocking for a lot of people after they do it. Uh, so that's like one big recommendation I have. There's things like Toggle. Um, there's a lot of time tracking software out there that's free. Um, track it according to like, how much time do I spend on email? How much time do I send on actually reaching out to new clients, how much time do I spend uh, touching base with people and doing the customer service aspect of my business, uh, that reveals a lot of shocking things for people and they gain a better understanding of like, wait, should I change my pricing? Because it's actually not reflective of all this non-unbillable stuff that I wasn't previously thinking about. Um, and also it kind of clearly shouts out to you, you like, whoa, a lot of it admin stuff going on here. Do I need to hire an assistant? Uh, so I really recommend doing that. If you really, if what I'm saying is resonating with you as far as, oh, I do do everything myself. Um, I wonder if there's any gaps in that, that where I'm losing money because of my behavior. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, another thing is, look, like if you work for yourself or you work, uh, you're the leader of a growing business, find, like, get some help, whether it's a coach, whether it's a consultant for a huge challenge that you're dealing with right now. I cannot stress enough that 
the times where someone goes from point A to next level elevation, uh, it happened because of external perspective. Like when you're in your own silos all the time, there's only so much innovation that can happen when everyone in the in the room is being fed the same information. Bring someone from the outside that um, can think differently, can give you different perspective, and also can be brutally honest about like, look, what you y'all are doing, the numbers are showing, this is not working. Let's sit down and find a different strategy. Um, another thing is KPIs, key, per key performance indicators. Uh, a lot of people uh, don't get into the habit of tracking their numbers, whether it's, hey, where are most of my uh, referral sources for my website coming from? Where are most of my customers coming from that are actually converting into sales? Um, it's actually when businesses focus it on these KPIs and to like change the dial up 1% or change something that's not working. Like those little changes are actually what elevate a startup over time to that next gigantic level. It's not like a gigantic step that happened overnight. It's really just progressing on a day to day and committing to, I'm looking at my numbers. I'm really focusing on what's working and not working and making those tiny changes. Cause I know that that's going to compound into a huge next chapter for me by the end of the year. Uh, so yeah, those are kind of like the three things I always recommend, like do now if you don't do it already. I, I love that. Yeah, it's so helpful. And it also goes back to, you know, your team hiring people that are smarter than you, you know, they're in their genius zone. Like you're, you're not going to, you know, perform your own heart surgery. You know, can we all yeah. agree? Uh, so Absolutely. why even start to learn now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, these, you know, it's like when you're investing in yourself, your, your business can really go to the next level. So I'm kind of curious with the clients um, that you've worked with, uh, how has that improved their business? Like if you can give us maybe some case studies. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that uh, one big thing is just numbers. Like I've seen customers improve sales by 30% after just like two months of working together. And it's not like I'm amazing or anything. It's really just me being a mirror to them and saying, look, like these are the things I'm hearing you say, like let's like buckle down and change that. And I think that a lot of people have the capacity, um, they know the answers already and they sometimes just need another person to like really hold them accountable to X, Y, and Z challenges that are stopping them from moving to the next level. Um, so that's like one thing. And another mm. thing that, uh, another case study that I work that I see a lot is sometimes it's really just the chaos of not being able, of always feeling like you're behind in your work. And that kind of chaos is enough for you to feel like your business is not going to go anywhere. You feel helpless. You feel uh, like you want to quit and take a full-time job because that's so much easier, right? Uh, so that's like another thing that I work on a lot with people is look like, let's break down your day to day on a minute to minute basis. And let's get rid of the things that uh, are really not serving you and also make no sense for you to be doing because they're not pushing your business to the next level. And, you know, I get a lot of pushback on that. You know, people are very, very uh, hardwired into their habits. And uh, 
so a lot of, a lot of time is spent on kind of pulling people away from that but once they do it everyone is just like feels so relieved after the fact they email me like three months later like oh my goodness like I'm so calm now I don't feel stressed out all the time I'm actually sleeping and I'm doing like better money wise like how crazy it is, is it that I'm working less but making more money than I did before um, so yeah like it really is everything from concrete like changes you can see in your numbers all the way to like just mental emotional change which is huge mm, I, I love that I, I like the saying you know what what gets measured gets improved so if you're mm -hmm. not tracking what you're doing you don't know where your time is going exactly then, you know it's like okay I, I, I see that you spent uh, three hours today uh, watching cat and dog videos. <laughs> How much is that costing you? It's, it's, Cause like, it's yeah. like social media can suck up our time. Like not just focusing on creating the content, but just being on those platforms. I find that they're, uh, they can be time stealers. So I, it's like a, a, a curse and a blessing at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something I actually really, really focused on last year too, where I kind of like hammer that into my head where every high performer you will ever read an interview about, they will always say, I read 50 books a year. Like that's yeah. the secret to my success. So like, that was one thing that I, I was like, okay, I'm putting the social media tracker on my phone telling me that I have to stop at 10 minutes and I'm going to read a book instead of picking up my phone and looking at social media. Uh, and yeah, even that, just like of reading, even if it's a fiction book or a business book, like it's really, really changed my brain, I would say, even mm -hmm. like when it comes to memory, when it comes to speaking to people, like my clients, um, when it comes to even delivering value in the work that I uh, produce for people, it's just been invaluable. So yeah, I really encourage people to really think about that time thing, how they spend it, and to really reassess, like how can I re-navigate how I use my time so that I'm really making an investment here um, for my future. I mean, looking at dog and cat videos for three hours is really fun, but <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure what the end goal or the end reward is at the end there. <laughs> exactly. You know, they've also done uh, research where they, they know, I mean, let's be honest, Facebook knows that it produces a dopamine fix. You know, they, they lock people in there. So I have a, a kind of like a love-hate relationship, but if you are bringing that to your conscious mind and now you're aware of it therefore you can uh you know time out these things and i know i say you know do that after hours don't do that during the day when when you should be focused on your business yeah absolutely it's good advice so sophia this has been an amazing conversation just really kind of getting clear on things we shouldn't do uh this whole conversation has been about you know, leveraging your time, get getting a coach, having a plan, knowing exactly how you're spending that time and, and measuring, uh, you know, the things that you're doing so that you can be more successful in your business. Uh, where should uh, people go if they want to learn more about you and your work? Yeah. Uh, so my website is ascent-strategy.com. You, you'll find a lot of free things there. Uh, I release blog post every single week on my website and on Medium, which is at Sophia Sunwoo. Uh, and yeah, that's where you can find me. Great. And those will also be posted in the show notes. So you can just click on the link 
and learn more about Sophia. Sophia, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much, Heather. It was a pleasure to be on here. My pleasure. And until next time, this is Heather Pickin and live fearlessly. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. So if you like what you hear on this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Interested in becoming a sponsor or learning more about leadership for women's performance using neuroscience or business coaching, contact support at heatherpicken.com. And don't forget to grab my latest book, The La Dolce Vita Formula, by going to fearlessandfabulousbook.com. That's fearlessandfabulousbook.com. Dot com.